Yeah, bud. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, 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 bud. Friends to the Joe Blow Horror Show, where we review, rate, discuss, break down horror movies and horror films at times, although we do not want to admit that we rate horror films. You heard three yeah buds. You were wondering who is that third yeah bud. And your guess is right. We are joined again by none other than Double D. Yo. All right. <laughs> Special guest coming in. This time, I promise you, he has seen the movie. So strap in because we are, we're going to go from, I mean, this is going to be Paul Walker. Um, he's going to survive this iteration of the movie. And we're going to just go fast <laughs> and furious with this, this next review. So I hope you guys are ready. Also, as always, we have the man from the South. The crocodile wrangler, the pocket pool <laughs> angler. We have none other than T Boo. What's up, buddy? Yeah, your Cajun host with the most. And uh uh I'm fucking excited about this. This is gonna be a good one, and I'm excited that drunk Darius is here tonight. Yes. Good night. Once again, we are blessed with the presence of Double D. So Praise God, man. Let's go. <laughs> we are not going to waste any time because we are going to hop right into one of our favorite recurring, I don't know if you'd call it a segment, but parts of the show. And we are going to talk about our recent watches in what we call shotgun reviews. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! Okay, so shotgun reviews, we're going to come at you with, uh, I don't know, three or four each of what we've been watching lately. Ass, dude. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Who wants to start us off? Um, I know Double D's got some movies he's been wanting to talk about. Tibu, why don't you do the honors there, kind sir? All right, well, um, first up, I've got uh, crime scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, which you can find on Netflix. It's a new 2021 docu-series about Elisa Lam and her mysterious death at the, the famous 
infamous rather Cecil Hotel. This movie gives you the history of the Cecil. It gives you insight into Elise Lamb's life, and it ties up in its in in the best way it can how her death unfolded and what caused it and it's 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 a riveting story i highly recommend this documentary um it, it's new it's on netflix so and it's you know did she die horror jason herself or did someone kill her well i would urge you to watch the documentary but if i do you want me to go into spoilers i mean I think she I can. died on herself. I don't know. No, no spoilers, but no spoilers. I haven't seen the. I haven't seen it. I know the. I know the story. Yeah. Right. So if you haven't, if you don't, yeah, if you don't know it, go check it out. Um, but the Cecil Hotel, and, uh, Richard Ramirez stayed there, and a couple other serial killers did too. Yeah, it's a fucked up place. I don't know if that's in the documentary or not. It is. Okay. Onward. Yeah, they go into the they go into the history of the the the, the hotel and it's hotel. yeah, it's pretty yeah. depraved. And what was your rating on that? Um, as a docu series, I mean, dude, I'd give it like a seven and a half out of ten. Nice. Right on. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, Double D, did you want to talk about something? Uh. Psycho Gorman, have you seen that? I have not seen it. It's so no fuck yet. Yeah. Fucking awesome. It's a. I want to call it horror because it's not scary, but it's it's in the horror genre, I, I would say. But it, it's like a. It's the Power Rangers. Like the bad guys from the Power Rangers are all in it, and <laughs> this little girl <laughs> controls one of them. To like control the world, yeah, I'll watch it. Give it nine out of ten. For no sure. shit, it's that good. All right, but it's not. It's not scary at all. I'm not gonna say that, but yeah, it's hilarious. It's a funny movie. Okay, okay. I am gonna start off with a movie I saw on Shutter. So I have been a naughty, naughty little boy, and I have not been keeping up with Joe Bob and the Last Drive-In. So I started out with what happened to be the very first movie, and it was one that I had not seen. That was Tourist Trap, which is from 1979. It's, ironically enough, rated PG, and it's coming in at a smooth 90 minutes. Again, this is another slasher that has got to be one of the first ever. I mean, 79, I mean, if we think about it, we had Texas Chainsaw in 74. Um, we had Halloween in 78. So, I mean, this is one of the first ones. Had some pretty solid acting. I liked it overall. I come in at a 6 out of 10 um, for Tours Trap, the original. Had a couple of good scenes, a couple not-so-good scenes, some really cheesy parts, some terrible acting. But overall, it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty decent. Uh, Tourist trap, six out of ten. Oh shit! All right. Well, I'm gonna. <laughs> I want to say Psycho Gorman. By the way, yeah. Fuck yeah. Watch the fuck out of that. Yeah. Um. Uh, 
speaking of Richard Ramirez staying at the Cecil Hotel, my next uh, shotgun review is Night Stalker, also on Netflix, Hunt for a Serial Killer. And it's all about da, 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 Richard Ramirez. This this doc it's another docu series, and this one I would I would give this one an eight out of ten. So a little bit more than the Cecil, um, but only because of the production values. I would say they they give you some grisly scenes and some some good reenactments, but also this documentary is interesting because it's not about the killer; it's more about the people that found him. And I really like the angle they take and that they have the original detectives that were on the scene finding this motherfucker or trying to rather because they didn't um, that the city of Los Angeles found him, um, you know, spoilers for real history there. Dude, but, the way he got caught was my favorite. I don't know. I haven't seen this, but I know how he got caught. Yep. Yep. It's, awesome. it's, it's it's awesome. It's fucking awesome. And you'll 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 enjoy this documentary. If you like true crime, you like you like some spooky shit, watch Night Stalker Hunt for a Serial Killer on Netflix. Eight out of fucking ten. Love it. Man. Nice. Good doc. Four it's episodes. It's on my list. Uh Double D, did you have another one that you wanted to talk about or Yeah. What the fuck did I tell you? Uh God damn it. I'm looking through my text messages well i'll i'll um chat about the next one for me while double d looks up his oh you got it don't tell a soul i have not seen that with uh dwight from the office okay i i i I know who the yeah i've never seen the office these two kids and he falls in a hole and one of them, the younger brother, is like a good kid, but the, his older brother is like a psychopath. Yeah, I'd say eight out of ten for sure. Because the whole time you think, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away, but the tension is there the entire movie. It's nice. Good. Don't tell a soul. I'll check it out. Do you remember? It's Rain Wilson. How you saw it? Oh, Rain Wilson. Yeah. Remember how you saw it or where? Uh, it's a, I don't know. DOD, I don't know. Oh, okay. Amazon DOD. Prime. I had to pay for it. Okay. Okay. Um, the next one I have is I wanted to talk about this because it's not a movie. It is a series. But as I've said the last couple episodes, we got rid of DirecTV, so we're just strictly streaming now. And I have to say Netflix is legit. And I've been getting my zombie fix through a couple Netflix series. One of them happened to be Black Summer. And I, I, I knew about this for a long time. I held off on it because I heard it was basically a prequel to Z Nation. And I watched every single episode of Z Nation. It was a sci-fi original series. So you probably have an idea of the quality and production value of it. It was okay, but I did not want to commit to enough. Let's just say that towards the end of Z Nation, I had to force myself to finish it. So I did not have a lot of, you know, motivation to check out Black Summer. And I'm actually pissed I waited so long because it was awesome. I gave it a 9 out of 10 
It's a very, very, it's, it's a top notch, top tier zombie series. And it was done really well. And I'm glad, part of me is glad I waited because the new season is going to be coming out soon. Because I believe this came out a couple of years ago already. So I'm already waiting for Netflix to pump out season two here, which is hopefully uh, this year yet. So Black Summer um, on Netflix, season one, I gave it a nine out of ten. Did you have another one, uh, Tibu, or are we going to wrap it up with uh, that? No, man, I'm good. Uh, I I think both those docuseries are are worth mentioning, and people should check them out, both on Netflix. Nice. Uh, Double D had one he wanted to talk about real quick. Synchronic? Um, I've not really heard about that one, and I've never seen it. It's uh, So... There's some new drug going around where you take it and you go back in time, kind of, but like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it has a, you take this drug and you go back in time and this one guy this paramedic's daughter does it and she gets stuck there so his best buddy is dying so he buys all the drugs up and he goes tries to go back in time to find her to bring her back and there's just like people dying of they find bodies with like old-timey swords in them and stuff Hmm. it's pretty interesting i wouldn't call it horror either though Fringe horror? Yeah, but it's worth okay. a watch. It's got a dude from Fifty Shades of Grey and a black dude from fucking the Marvel movies. I can't think of his name. The one that's dead now? No. Oh. Oh, uh, Falcon. Yeah. Mike, is it Michael B. Jordan? No, it's or, not Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. No, I know who you're talking about, though. But yeah, watch that movie. Okay. Synchronic? I'll- yeah. Check it out for sure. Yeah, the same guys that made that made the endless. Oh, oh yes, yep. Endless. And spring, I think too, right? Yeah, same. Uh, endless and spring. Yep, yep. Okay, That's nice. interesting. Yep. Okay, so that wraps up shotgun reviews, and we are just gonna hop right into our second feature review. John, I want to send my wife a kiss. So it's that button, uh-huh. and then... Oh, good Lord, she's going to be in shock, that's for sure. <laughs> John, adolescence can be a difficult time. It's normal to be drawn to death and murder, but you can go too far down that road, too far away from normal. What do you say, John? I'm interested in how many times you felt it was necessary to say the word normal. I have rules to keep me normal and to keep everybody else safe. When I think about killing a person and just give them a compliment. You are a really great guy. You're a freak. You have a lot of predictors for serial killer behavior, but you're in control of your own destiny. John. Yeah, Mr. Crowley? Oh, it's a beautiful day, John. I'm glad to be alive. 
leaving a dead body in a terrified town in his waist. The last thing is telling me it's his mass murderer. You guys worried about going out of business? It's two bodies in a week. It's money in the bank. First question of psychological profiling is what's the killer doing who doesn't absolutely have to? Well, we're missing a kidney. What if the person who killed him took it? Takes the lungs, takes the kidney. What next? I need to do normal stuff right now. I'm breaking all my rules. I can't imagine what you must be going through. I'm on the edge and I'm falling. Ted Bundy said that after you killed somebody, you know, if you had enough time with them, shut up! Shut up! And they could be whoever you wanted them to be. You're weird, man. Okay, for our second feature review, I chose the movie. As you guys already know, if you listened to last episode, it is titled, I Am Not a Serial Killer. I'm going to just go ahead and throw it out there right now that I have... He, you're not a serial killer. Well, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> um, I've got some nostalgic ties to this. And the reason is, is because this movie was filmed in my hometown. So, I Am Not a Serial Killer is from 2016. It is not rated. It clocks in at 104 minutes. What do you guys think this got on the B? Six. Six? I'm what about you, Tibu? 6.8. 6.2. Pretty close. Uh, oh. What do you guys think this got on Rotten Tomatoes? 80. 80? What about you, Tibu? Audience score? Yep. 52%. Try 93%, bud. Whoa. Whoa. Yes. Yes. Let's fucking. Okay, so see, see, Drunk Darius, I'm not always right. (laughs) Yeah, you threw that one. Yeah, right? No, I didn't. He's going to (laughs) know. Okay, what do we think we had for a budget on this movie? Oh, three male tops. Three male tops. What say you, Tibu? In 2015? 16. Uh, 16. I mean, that. I, I'm going to agree with, with, with Double D. Like, three males seems about right, like, kind of, for, for what they're doing to me. I'll, I'll be different. I'll say, I'll, say, I'll say two million. Two. Let's try 1.45 million. Damn. Okay. Got the okay. From fucking Back to the Future. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so man. Definitely yeah, man. a very, very, very low budget, at least in today's standards. So this was directed by Billy O'Brien, who clearly is of Irish ascent, which you guys will probably be listening to this right around uh, St. Patty's Day. Um, hopefully you're just stuffing your face whole with sauerkraut and corned beef. Um, he doesn't have a lot of film credits. The ones he does have are isolation, uh, ferocious planet, which looks kind of silly, like a sci-fi special, but he's got one called scintilla S C I N T I L L A, which actually looks kind of interesting. And I put that on my watch list. This is based on a novel by Dan Wells. Uh, The screenplay was adapted by none other than uh, Billy O'Brien. 
This is starring, obviously, we know uh, Double D talked about Christopher Lloyd, who is Doc, uh, most known for his Back to the Future. But he was also in a couple other, you know, I would say, he, first off, he has an it's a, it's it's a, just a mind-boggling amount of film credits, 237 to be exact. So he was in a shitload of stuff. Closest to horror would be One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Adam's Family, and Piranha 3D and Three Double D. What do you think about that, Darius? Okay. I like Double Ds. <laughs> I would say that goes for all of us here. Anywho, <laughs> this was also starring John Wayne Cleaver who was uh, Max Records. First off, excellent. He did an excellent job in Max Records as a name is like, it was awesome. I just love Max Records for name. But he in his own right was pretty legit. He uh, was a star of Where the Wild Things Are and also in the comedy The Sitter. So he's got some chops behind him as well. A little trivia on this. This was actually based on a, a series of six books. Obviously, with this being low budget, there's no plans to do a sequel, although I would love to get a little bit more of the story, especially knowing that there's six books in the series. Also, the scenes of Christopher Lloyd doing his exercises, this was pretty interesting, I thought. So one of the, I don't want to say pivotal parts of the movie, but an important part of the movie was when Christopher Lloyd was doing his exercises. So this had... No intention of being in the movie. It was not scripted. Billy O'Brien saw him doing his exercises. So these are the actual exercises Christopher Lloyd does. He's an old man. He's like 80 years old when he's doing this movie. He said that the mannerisms and the robotic-like motion of Christopher Lloyd doing these exercises was kind of creepy. And he was like, I feel like this would fit right in with his character. So they, he actually went and got the DP and was like, hey, start filming this <laughs> right here. And boom, they ended up using it in the movie. So um, that was you know, one of those. And you hear stories of this all the time of things that weren't planned or scripted or kind of like snuck into a movie that worked pretty well. And this happens to be one of them. So. It sounds fucking stupid that you're talking about his exercises, but at the end of the movie, I think it makes sense. Yes. About yes. How weird what, he is. Yes. When you figure, yep, yeah. for sure. When you figure all that out. So anything you guys want to add about this movie before we hop into it? This is your hometown, huh? Yeah, literally my hometown. I mean, Tibu is going to hop in in a second here. I'm not exaggerating when I say like 99% of the movie was filmed in Virginia. The very opening scene was of our our main street. Yeah. And, and they didn't change any names other than uh, they called it Clayton, and it was Virginia. So it was yeah. Virginia, Minnesota. But everything they showed – the very, very first opening scene was looking right down Main Street. I mean, when you see the Mako, which is on the left, the old uh, movie theater, yeah. you see Flamer's Bar, Popper's Bar, you're in Wink's Bar, the Rainy Lake Saloon. I mean, this is – it was crazy. So, it I mean – explains a lot about you, I'd say. <laughs> yes, all these bars, right? <laughs> all right. No. I don't have anything else unless you guys do. Oh, let's go. All right. I am not a circular opens like Boston said. A small, quiet town. 
where something fucked up has happened. Uh, we, we get this scene of uh, paramedics and cops all rushing around what closed off street. And uh, was, is it a cop that, that rolls up to the scene and looks at the kid on the bike? Yes. It's a cop, right? Yep. He's like, he's what's your like, diagnosis? Yeah, what's your, what's your take here? Yeah, and the like, kid's like, oh, he's definitely dead. The movie kicks in with this fucking rock and roll soundtrack of this kid zooming through town on his bicycle. And dude, look, I grew up in Mamou, Louisiana, which is a one square mile town. And Freedom was a bicycle. Whenever you had a bike, you could go all over town, Fuck wherever yeah. you wanted. And this opening, I was like, hell yeah. And, and when the title credit hit, with that fucking uh, that verbiage underneath where it's like the year and the production company or whatever with the kid riding the bike, the kid from that's uh, max records from where the wild things are. Right. Yep. And I was like, this is fucking perfect. I love this opening scene. And he, he cruising on over to, uh, well, I yeah, guess cruising is, to uh, his house, right? Well, he goes to his house, which, is actually a well it's funny because in real life it was an old church but yeah his house which doubles as a nursing home or not a nursing home a funeral home so the body's there he jokes you know with his aunt and mom who run it that you know well, at least we'll be making some money ha 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 kind of thing but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that was yeah. a dark comedy have you guys seen a uh, super dark times yes yeah I get the same vibe from this a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, man. Um, Totally. You're just not 100% sure what's going on the whole movie. Yep. So John goes back to his room, and you can tell that he's socially awkward um, because he asks himself who he is. He's stating his name. He's he's basically – you can tell that his social skills aren't where they – need to be uh if you will i mean he goes to the crime scene where the man was killed looks for clothes the crazy thing is and what you need to note is that he finds a big puddle of black, black sludge yeah yeah which i never i didn't think of anything of it when i first saw this movie yep what about you tibu yeah. no well he picks it up and he like rubs it around and i think he even tastes it i think am i wrong about that I don't know about the tasting, but yeah, he's like rubbing it through his killer or killer, his fingers. And yeah, <laughs> he definitely rubs it through his fingers. And no, I, I just like, just like uh, double D, I didn't think much of it. I thought, oh yeah, he's, he's getting into it. Like, cause you learn that he's obsessed with serial killers um, based on his conversations with his friend, his projects in school. He gets, his mom gets called to school because he, he fucking writes up an article about um, BTK and Dennis Raid and the BTK killer. Yeah. Yeah. It gets him in trouble. My favorite. That was a trick question. Don't answer that. <laughs> no, no, I'll answer it. Uh, the, the one that I'm most intrigued by at the moment, Joseph Klinginger is so mind bogglingly hilarious. I don't even know uh, who that is. Yeah, I think he he's the shoemaker. Uh, <laughs> go listen to last podcast on the left yeah, cover. Yeah, I know. Joseph he's the Klinger. guy that wears the high heels and shit. 
Uh, I don't remember. Uh, it's so detailed. I don't remember high heels, but he definitely digs a big hole that he shits in in his basement, and he makes his kids dig the hole. It's weird. I don't know. Oh, it's fuck, a, maybe I don't remember that one. It's a fucked up story, dude. <laughs> it's so crazy. Okay, um, so the next scene is, is he bikes to school. He gets called into the principal's office with his mom. Yeah, so he's getting ribbed why he's writing about serial killers. Principal's like, oh, it's normal. And then one of the funny scenes that really kind of solidifies uh, Max Records' character, he retorts uh, back to the principal, I'm interested in um, why you felt it so necessary to say the word normal so many times. Um, so that kind of yes. where he comes from. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty pretty good scene. So um, yeah, he goes to the. I think the next scene is is in the, the acting. The, no, the acting is just so good, man. In these scenes, like I was I was full into this movie at this point. Um, yeah, the with the principal and like you said, how he points that out. Like his mind is on a different level. Like he's on a different level. Than, than these other people and I relate to that especially at that age I felt like I was kind of on a, like a different level like oh all right school yeah but I'm doing this other thing that more interests me and piques me as a human being and yeah that that'll play into his character later in the film versus what we are sort of meant to believe at the beginning as the audience I think yeah, and, and the school scene carries on for one more, I would say, important scene in that you find out he's bullied. It's a lunch scene. The bully comes up, rubs mashed potatoes in his face, and he, you know. Straight, straight jackass. Yep, yep. He grabs a fork underneath the table like, oh, God, is he going to fucking stab him or, or, or you know, what's, what's going on? Uh, with he, just smi- he just smiles and tells him something nice, and we find out later. You know, I, I mean, I'm going to say we find out later this is part of his coping mechanism for his, you know, mentality is like I have to smile at the people that I fucking want to kill because the fort scraping against the table. At that point, I felt the same thing you did. Like, oh, fuck, is he going to stab him? I know I'm jumping ahead, but man, I just I can't help it. I, I, I love I love what this movie's doing with this character. Like it's really good writing and so okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, so after that we meet another character. So there's not a lot of characters in this movie. Um the next one is is Neblin, who is his therapist. So he picks him up in a car, they go and have a little chat on a lake, which happens to be Silver Lake, which is right in downtown Virginia. And basically you find out that uh, Max Records has been diagnosed as a sociopath. The therapist is basically telling him that, yeah, you have the three main traits of a, um, I I don't know if you said serial killer, which is bedwetting, um, animal cruelty, and, and something else or another. But also you find out that Max has these rules he has for himself, uh, which is, is, you know, to, basically keep him on as far as the spectrum goes on the normal side. Yep. Yeah. He has to practice these things in order to remain. I mean, I, I, I feel conflicted about 
what his character really is. And, and, and I, I call it misdiagnosis on him personally, yeah. but uh, that's neither here nor there for the story. Um, well, I mean, well, that's the point. Like he just, he doesn't give a fuck if someone dies. Yeah. No. Except Which, if he cares about them later. There's a lot of different themes going on here too, because obviously he grew up living, his house was a funeral home. So, I mean, naturally you're going to be a little bit morbid. more off and yeah, morbid as well. But I, one thing I really liked that they did was at the end of the scene, the therapist says, you know, you're a good person. Um, you know, you can, you know, he chooses to act normal and not on his impulses. So yep. the next scene is where we ultimately meet Christopher Lloyd. And it's funny because you have this old guy that can't work a phone. And I think he like wants to it's send a, a cute, picture, you know, kissing to his him. wife. Yep. It's such a cute scene. I, I, okay. So I'm a big fan of back to the future. And when doc Brown, when, when, when boss tuna picked this movie and said that Christopher Lloyd was in it, I was like, Holy shit, Christopher Lloyd in a horror film. Fuck. Yeah. And he, he's the cute pep pep next door. He's like, hey, can you help me work this phone? I want to send a kiss picture to my wife. And he, and <laughs> he helps the kid. Dead on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And he, and he helps him, and it's such a cute scene, and it's like, oh, man, look, he's not. This is furthering the conflict of the character where you're like, come on, man. He can't be like a total fuck that don't care about nobody if he's going to take the time to go help. Yeah, he, he could fake his way out of that. He could be like, Oh, I think I hear my mom calling me or something, you know, like anything to, to, to get out of that. But no, he chooses to go and help this geriatric. And I'm like, this is fucking all right. Cool, man. This movie is, is doing shit that. <laughs> yeah. Don't show it too hard, but there you go. Liking it, liking it so far. Yep. The same scene, we also meet a girl who shows up later. So he's kind of spying on her as she's like changing or dancing in her room. After that, he goes home, finds out that, oh, look at this. The guy that died in the alley is coming to, after investigation, to the, uh, the, uh, mortuary or whatever part so you know you you go back you meet the aunt the mom but also you meet his sister so you know the dad's not in the picture the sister and the mom don't get along she has moved out um so it's it's just kind of him living with his mom you can tell that it's a little bit of an awkward or strained uh relationship they are at this point working on the body or whatever you want to call it, which is tough because it was kind of mutilated as you saw earlier, uh, I would say in the opening of the movie, but um, they also notice a kidney is missing and yep. they're kind of thinking, well, the coroner probably just, uh, you know, forgot about it. Um, you know, Max records is, is thinking, well, maybe, you know, the, the killer took it or something like that. And they're just kind of playing it off. Like it's not important. That's where I was leaning to. Like I, 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 
I had not suspected where this movie was going at all yet. So yeah. I was like, yep, yep, the killer's leading a, a telltale sign. Like, they take organs, and, and, and Max Records is picking up on this. Uh, by the way, his name is John Cleaver in the film. Uh, oh, yes. I keep I, – I, yeah, you're right. I got it mixed up. Yeah, John Cleaver is the actual character. Max Records is the – is the actor so yeah yeah i've been saying the same thing but but for the audience uh john cleaver is the 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 protagonist of the film he's the the main character the boy max records plays john cleaver who his family owns the cleaver you know funeral home whatever they call it um, okay, so fast forward to the next day they find out that another person has been killed and even oddly enough, there is more black sludge um, at the scene, which obviously John is like, oh, that's, you know, some, something's going on. Serial killer. Yeah. Yes. He's, he, yeah. he's now he's like getting a hard on like fucking for real. Like, oh, shit, it's happening. There's one in my area. Oh, like he's coming. Kinda, so he, well, we kind of think he might be the killer, too. True, true. Yeah. Yes. So obviously he goes to the the crime scene and there, you know, he bikes over and he's kind of looking at it. And anybody that knows anything about true crime, you're like, oh, the killers always go back to the scene. So right. yeah, you're, you're, you, there is part of you that's like, oh, is he the actual killer? And you know, what's kind of going on here? So, so we fast yeah. forward again, it is Halloween night you know, you, you meet John and his friend, uh, Max, I believe, and they're out trick-or-treating. Even though they seem a little bit old for trick-or-treating, I was probably their age walking around those same streets trick-or-treating at that time. Uh, um, yeah, that's where he, he spots that, that, that fucking guy in the blue uh, hoodie with the, well, the orange hood. He yes. keeps seeing this guy. Yes. Like this, this dude lurking nope. around here and there. Yes. So at this point, the whole city is kind of on alert, if you will, because Max's dad was with them, like carrying a bat when they were walking around. And I think uh, they go to ultimately they go to uh, Christopher Lloyd's character's house and he's like, oh, you got to be careful going around. There's a serial killer loose kind of thing. But yeah. So he picks this guy out and is trying to profile him. Yeah. And him and his date go to the uh, Halloween school dance. Yep. And and uh Max Records, John Cleaver, is decked out in like zombie kind of dead, you know, makeup. And the same bully from earlier that wiped mashed potatoes all over his face is like, Hey, you talking to my girl? Yeah, and so the girl that he sees in the window dancing, you can clearly tell she has a thing from. You know that bully's gonna get get. <laughs> yeah. And so they have like a little sh- a look, showdown where the bully's trying to taunt him, but then Matt, uh, Matt I keep going, yeah, fuck it. Max Records is like, you know what? The reason I smile at you and compliment you is because I don't, I don't, I'm stopping myself from fucking cutting you open right here in front of it. Like he oh. creeps, the, and I was sitting there like, oh my God. Oh my yes. God. Like, like you know? this dude is going off right now and it fucking works, man. Like you get the creeps and you get the real vibes of like, 
and this this is where you really question like oh shit this this killer? yeah this guy's the killer like he's the one cuz he's fucking going off on this on this bully and it th- that scene was top notch like yep. fuck yeah very well done yeah. very well written it's very good Bastuna just farted again it's one of put that on the right <laughs> it's this vinyl chair i've got uh, <laughs> it no, just creaks no, and molds. No, i'm with you 100 okay so he goes back to the funeral home there's another body coming in it's another gruesome killing with claw marks john aka max records goes in and and you know something is about to happen because he's like kind of frantic at this point he's kind of losing it and you know he's trying to go and he's finding clues. He's like, what's missing out of this body? Well, he gets caught by his mom and aunt, and it's a really awkward kind of scene, but very effective. And she's like, oh, we're locking this from now on. So that was a little bit of a strange scene. And then we are back with his therapist, who basically, I think he found out of what he did or threatened uh, the bully, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it gave him nightmares or something like that. But even though he's a bully, he's kind of getting, you know, whatever. Bring up what's going on in the lab. Um, and, yeah, so I think. Well, I, it's, it's not long after this that, that John sees the drifter, that guy he's been, like, watching. Yes. Fucking walking around everywhere. Yep. Convince. He, he convinces fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Doc Brown. Fucking uh, yep. uh, Crowley. Crowley, is yes, it? it is Crowley. Yep, Doc Brown's Crowley. Do you think? That, yeah. Uh, Alistair Crowley, like a. Yep. Like a hint to yep. Alistair. You know Alistair uh, Crowley. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck yeah! Fucking magician not oh you don't know alistair crowley i've heard of it i've heard of it you fucking rock fan you don't know fucking mr crowley from yeah 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 yeah, from ozzy osbourne yeah 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 alistair crowley was a a a uh, tempter of the edges of pleasure pain he he lived life in a time where you shouldn't live life to the extremes he he did openly and outspokenly and most ridiculous power bottom of all time. You should know about that. All right. Yeah, yeah. Look up. The, <laughs> Alistair Crowley is a crazy. Yeah, he <laughs> he fucked everybody. He didn't care. He took all the drugs. He worshipped Satan and whoever else. He didn't care. He just right. did it. So all, you man. think that character is like well, a homage to him? The name, maybe, and yeah. I mean, you know. Where it goes, I'd be interested to hear a take on that. Where it goes, but uh, yeah. So the the drifter is getting like convincing Crowley, like, yeah, I'll come on this uh, ice fishing trip with you. I don't know how he gets into the fucking car. Like, I'd be like, nah, dude. But but he gets into the car rather easily, and John follows. So they go out to this fucking lake, and the drifter cuts a hole in the ice and. I'm I'm sitting there watching this thinking, fuck, man. Doc Brown's about to get murdered. And then <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere, Doc Brown 
has this crazy demon hand that just whips out of nowhere, morphs into existence, and fucking crashes through this drifter guy and just wipes him out. Done. And John sees this go down. And I'm I'm sitting there like him, like, whoa, what the fuck? What? What? Like, what just happened? Yes. I have to say, though, again, this is kind of similar to me nitpicking the car scene in Misery. When they get to the scene and they're doing the ice fishing, like, nobody uses a fucking chainsaw to go ice fishing. That's just, I mean, unless you're cutting a huge spearing hole, like, you just, you, you don't do that. And where they were was clearly not a lake. Like, I mean, you could just look at that and be like, okay, where you're clearly on like a fucking hill or yard or something. Watching this was thinking that. Well, I mean, this is just me. Like I can't overlook these things because it it was just so blatant to me where, yeah, the average person, obviously this is going to be very. Yeah. To me, I was like, Oh yeah. Chainsaw. And then, and then where they were, it looked like they were under an overpass. <laughs> yeah, there was a bridge overpass, but you could clearly see that the ice was way higher than it should have been. But again, again, me nitpicking. I mean, most people aren't going to notice this, but for me, you know, it's just something that was pretty blatant, I guess. So, but no, anyways, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a crazy scene where you're like, oh, Crowley's going to get it and he doesn't. So. No. And I was like, holy fuck. And. So at this point, uh, John John's creating like a, a profile, right, of like the, all the victims and the organs removed, and he's he's keeping track of where Crowley's going, uh, his wife, uh, Kay, uh, the date night. Like, dude, I think I'm jumping, but well, the next scene is so John is. He wakes up on the the table of the the morgue or whatever, and his aunt comes in and there's a little thing about his latest bedwetting incident. She's like, "I oh, don't worry, I won't tell your mom," but you can tell it's Thanksgiving, so she's getting all worried because his sister isn't going to come to Thanksgiving and his mom's getting all stressed out. And she's like, "Go help your mom, and and we'll you know whatever we'll 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 kind of put this behind us kind of thing." So. He goes upstairs and his mom's, you know, getting all the fixings ready for Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is really where the turning point of the movie comes in because, yeah, one of my strengths and what I love about this movie is that people see this movie titled I Am Not a Serial Killer and obviously they're thinking they have no idea what just happened at this point. Like you said, you were super- – No, I thought this was a slasher movie and, yeah. and I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, so that's one of my favorite parts is is this is where the movie takes a complete turn because you're like, okay, so this has nothing to do with serial killers or, or kids and angst and whatnot as well. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Because if you're not 100% paying attention, that scene goes by so fast. You're like, did I see what I thought I saw? Or am I, you know, so you're, it's, it's, it's done pretty well. And it's almost what I would call the Jaws effect in that it's so quick and it's not on screen long enough for you to, you know, understand. Fo- well, the Jaws effect in that 
the CGI, you don't know if it's good or bad because it was such a far away shot and it's not on screen long enough for you to kind of break it down. If that makes sense. No, yeah, it does. And oh man, trying to break down what this movie is doing. I mean, you're not going to get it until the end, but right. What what John goes on following Crowley and like I said his wife Kay, they go on a date night, right? Or am I jumping too far ahead? Fuck. Well, so the next thing is 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 um John aka Max Records, he's trying to get close so he knows what Crowley is, some kind of monster, demon, whatever you want to call it at this point. No, I didn't know that until well, the last scene, honestly. Well, even even though he just killed him with his weird oh, yeah. claw thing or whatever, yeah. So he's trying to get close. So what he does is he goes over and um, he's, he's like offering to shovel the Crowley's uh, driveway. So there's that whole scene where he's trying to get some information uh, as yeah. far as went on so he shovels he goes inside and you know i think she makes him like hot cocoa or something like that i was nervous that that doc brown was on to him already but he wasn't at first he he was like oh you know thank you for coming and shoveling my driveway or whatever they they kind of have they kind of have some deep talks here and there throughout the film those two characters um which i love that that between them um he's kind of like a mentor to him yeah yeah i mean he is like a a father figure because you know you don't have his dad so yeah he's kind of like leaning on old doc brown old crowley there and uh, I keep wanting to go back to the date night, man. If I'm skipping shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, like, that is that is the next kind of deal because yeah, John is he, in his he puts room. a GPS tracker in the yeah. in, in uh, Doc Brown's car. You get a funny scene where well, he. I don't know. If, I don't think the GPS tracker is yet, but yeah, he follows them. This is the dance hall thing, so you can go ahead with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he follows them on their date night, and um. At the same time, he comes across his mom having dinner with his his therapist, which is like, holy shit, what the fuck? But what 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 happens on the the date night, like with the the the, the dancing? Well, I know they go to a, they go to a bar. Um, yes, I believe that was Winks in real life. But <laughs> um, you know the oh bar. yeah, oh yeah. So uh, on a side note, we got to talk about the fact that John has put some things together and found out that there is a guy that's been missing for decades. So at this uh, Emmett, dance hall, Emmett, Emmett Openshaw. Yes. Yeah, so at this dance hall, the news is saying there's evidence that links this guy that's been missing forever to you know, the recent murders and, and killings and whatnot. I'm going to be honest. The first time I saw this movie, I still had no idea what was going on as far as why organs were being taken and, and what was happening to them. I just, that just kind of went over yeah. my head, but this right here was probably the start of where I was like, okay, I, I'm kind of getting what's going on because he Crowley is, is so crippled up in, 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 in pain. He can't dance with his wife. And his friend comes over and is like, oh, do you want to take her for a spin? So he goes and dances with her. And then, yeah, some shit happens after that. 
Yeah. John follows Crowley to the barbershop that's owned by Greg, oh. the guy that was dancing with. Oh, no? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, they're at the Chinese buffet. But, yeah, you talked about this where they're at the Chinese buffet and then they run into his mom and whatever. So. Yeah, yeah. John sees that his mom's on a date with his therapist and it's like, what okay. the fuck? I think they're I mean, married that- in real life, side note. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that that could open a whole fucking side door. <coughs> but um, um so I th- I think we have another scene though where John and uh his lady friend, oh yeah, John's at the library and he's working on whatever and the lady friend comes up and she's clearly all about him and he's not giving her the time of day. Like he's got all these books out about like um um witchcraft and folklore and and fairy tales yeah yeah Yeah, he he don't give a fuck about this chick the whole movie dude yep yep she's always trying to come to him barbershop yeah um you get the scene where they go to the barbershop uh crowley goes in there to get his hair cut by greg the guy that was dancing with his wife and crowley was noticing his legs were working pretty good so he's like yeah i want them legs and (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's like he's jeepers creepers man that's basically what he is he's the so because he was tearing out the guy's lungs that he killed at the fucking fish pond yes. and now now he's ripping this guy's legs off but john fucking pulls a fire alarm right that's what he pulls yep. Yep, or or it's a, it's a fire alarm or like a entrance alarm kind of deal, burglary. Yeah, he gets the cops involved, man, and they fucking come rushing in, and Crowley has to fucking make believe like, oh, everything's okay, blah blah blah. He kills the cops too, like. Yes, this yeah, and this this is pretty pretty graphic and gory how he does this one here, down their throat and shit. Dude, this <laughs> this was awesome. He's limping no longer. He's rejuvenated, and before leaving, he's like he he like answers that the phone, the his phone call from his wife or whatever, just like oh yeah, honey, whatever. And John sees this uh the black puddle, and he that's when he realizes that it was fucking Crowley's leg from before. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. It's so fucking awesome, man. This scene was crazy. Yeah. I love the barbershop scene. Yes, it was great. I think that night, John leaves the infamous note on Crowley's car. I think it yeah, says something I, like, I know what you are. Yep. It says that exactly. I know what you are. Yes. And days go by. Crowley doesn't leave his house. And it's really good because you see – John looking out his window and and you're like, Oh God, is this going to be one of those movies where John looks out and locks eyes with Crowley and shit goes down, but that doesn't actually uh, happen. And I believe this is the sign with the, or this is the part of the GPS that you were talking about. It, I think it's coming up maybe because. Yeah. Cause I think you do like a neighborhood meeting or something. And yeah, John John goes and visits Crowley because uh, Kay was like, you know, he wants to know how you're doing or whatever. And he recites and explains a William Blake poem, The Lamb and the Tiger, 
I believe. Yes. Yep. Yep. A great scene. Again, these two characters have these great scenes together, man, over and over throughout the film. And, um, yeah, John's staying on him. He's getting weaker and on Christmas Eve. So we span holidays in this movie and we finally get to winter and a snowy setting. And on Christmas Eve, John calls Crowley from a payphone to ask about, like, how do you do what you do? And like, how did you... Because, how did, got to him, yeah. He, yeah, he's like, what did you do with Openshaw? The guy that the media is talking about. And Crowley is like... He, he vaguely answers him, right? Like he's like... He says something, and it's at night, and 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 John realizes that Crowley is stalling for time, and that's when he sees that yeah, the GPS thing's already happened. He he's been watching, right? And yeah, I mean there was, I mean during no, this no, whole, no, no, like, time no, 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 the, the GPS hasn't happened yet. This is not yet. Um, oh yes, you're right. But during this whole time lapse, there's the whole. I mean, yeah, Crowley they, leaving his house. Well, yeah, he, he like helps him take a bath and helps him, you know, in his house. Yeah, there's, there's, he's getting close to him to get information. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you get the developed, like the two characters know each other, like each other type thing. And then now there's the feud that's going on behind the scenes where Crowley doesn't know who John really is and he's calling him on this payphone. And he drives down there trying to fucking run him down with his car, man. Like this scene, bruh. Yes. I loved it. <laughs> I just loved how it built the tension and how it paid off, man. And he finally runs to his buddy's house, which he tells his friend that like, you're basically just how yeah, I. This was a weird scene too. Yeah, his friend from earlier that he was sitting next to when he got mashed potatoes on his face. His his Max. only friend, as as you're expected to gather. Yeah, it's his only friend. He's like, dude, you're basically just how I pretend to be normal by by interacting with you because you do normal things. So you're my like my out for being a normal person. And his friend rightfully, in my opinion, is like, Well, fuck you then, dude. Yeah. Get out. Picks him out. Yep. And um, that's when John finds Crowley is killing Max's father, who is a uh, tow truck what, like driver, a, I think. Yeah. I was going to say like a, a plow driver, but yeah, a tow truck driver. Yep. Yeah. One of, one of those two. And John, who's wearing a, a ski mask he got as a gift. That looks like a bunny, right? Something Panda like that. Panda or something, I think. Yeah. He, he's trying to stop Crowley from doing this, but he, he can't because it's horrific and Crowley is scary. He's like the thing. I got images of the thing yep. in this moment, and he flees. He's like, fuck this. I'm out. I'm not trying to save this shit. <laughs> And we get the funeral, right? Or yeah, there's like a vigil or something, like an outdoor vigil for his dad, and Crowley's there, and it's a really awkward scene. And you could tell he wanted to interject, but he's like, "I don't want to blow my cover." 
Who the hell is April in this movie? Uh, I think that's his aunt. Because yeah, okay, she's mom and aunt, and then he's got a sister. I don't remember his sister's name. Doesn't she try to like convince him to like, come on, dude, like you need to push through this shit and fucking be there for your mom type deal. Yeah. After that, he talks to his therapist again and he waits until Crowley leaves the house. That's when he puts the GPS in yep. in, in Crowley's car and he tries to attack Kay. This, yeah, this was a really awkward scene with the whole yep. GPS and when he's in the house with, I mean, because she's like, he knows she's innocent She's a nice person, but he's kind of yep. torn as far as what right. he's going to do. And yeah. And his impulses, which he finally gives into, pushes him to fucking hurt her while he's trying to tie her down and take like photos of her, like asleep. Like, I can hurt your wife if I want, but she, she wakes up, so he has to attack her. And he f immediately feels remorse and calls his therapist about it. Like, I finally did it. You know, but turns out she's alive, so he can come down off that that ledge. All meanwhile, he had call, uh, texted images of her in, uh, injured to Crowley on his phone, so he gets that and he hauls ass back to his house. And aren't you? This might be one of my biggest issues with the movie because she uh Kay starts choking right something like that and he stays behind to like help her who crowley no john no she like she's waking up kind of like she yeah. Yeah, i mean she's bleeding a little bit from the head from the blows but yeah well he he runs but he doesn't leave the house and it's like god damn dude how much time do you need to have Right. To get the fuck out of the house. Get out of the house. How many movies have, have we seen this in? Right. Well, it needs to happen this way because he's got to go out to see Neblin in the car. Oh, shit. That's his buddy? No, that's his therapist. His therapist was in the car. Remember, oh. he, he called him. He uh, Crowley called him and said something like, Oh yeah, I was wondering why your therapist later on. He's like, "What I was wondering why your therapist was standing out on the road," kind of thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And after that, he he's like hiding out, and it's the next morning when when Crowley realizes that like, you know, John took the body. He took his therapist's body. Where would he put it? I forget he, that. He I think he just started dragging it off. Like he's like, "You can't have his heart" or something like that. Yeah, and. Crowley later at Max's father's funeral, he, he, so, so John's there being like an usher and handing out pamphlets and him and his buddy have a good, like little reu reunion. <laughs> but then later Doc Brown shambles in and they have another great interaction in a church pew. It's just so fucking good where he's yes. like, yep. Do you know how old I am? Do you know what I'll do? You know what I'll do? Like to to stay being what I am. It's like, bro, it starts to get cosmic. I know you don't want me to go there, but I knew you would though. It's okay. 
But dude, doesn't it though? Like really? I yeah, I can see it. Oh, it's there, man. It's an unknown. It's a it's an ancient unknown entity that is telling him, I'm older than you know. I have done things you don't even understand. Like, bruh, this is cosmic as fuck. I'm sorry. It just it it, it really is. And did you tell after this, uh, Ricky not to interrupt. Did you tell Ricky about this movie? No, he'll hear this episode and be like, right. "I have to go watch this movie." Right? No, I'm 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 curious what his thoughts are. Ricky, you need to let me know. <laughs> yeah, John at this point is like, "Fuck this, fuck this guy." He had he 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 rolls out of the church. And um, I guess he's determined at this point, right? He knows that his mom, you know, what it's uh, whose heart? He's after the therapist's heart in the in the funeral home, right? Um, well, not at the funeral home, but he goes after his mom uh, because he's like, "Where's mom at?" And they're like, "Oh, she's in the basement locking up." Yeah, yeah, she didn't leave. She didn't leave. Yep. So uh, he has to go back inside, and he finds, like, the fucking table. The chair is overturned. He he goes down the hall, and then Crowley's in the room with his mom. And he's like, yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, man. Like, I'm going to fucking take her heart if you don't tell me where the body's at. And John's like, it's in the freezer. And he goes for it, and I'm, I'm sitting there like, Really? You tricked him that easy? It's all it took. Yeah. Well, when he goes in the freezer, this is the part I'm blanking on right here. I don't have notes for this part. What happens here? I mean, well, this is ultimately the – I mean, this is – Climax. Yeah, this is – the movie ends basically at this point here. So he's got his mom. He's basically trying – yeah, he, he tries to I, – I, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically throw him off the trail kind of thing to, you know, oh, she's in the freezer kind of deal. So at this point, we know that Crowley needs heart. Oh, yeah, they, they like – they hook him up to, like, the embalming contraption, right? Yeah, so this is where I believe his aunt comes in too. Okay, so what happens then is, is is there's that like big metal bar I think they use to lift up the bodies, and this is where he knocks Crowley out with that metal bar, and this is when they hook him up to the embalming kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, and he and dude, you get this scene where they cold blooded, but not really because of based on everything that happened. But John just fucking switches it on. And you you get you do get the scene where fucking Doc Brown's like it it hurts <laughs> it hurts yeah I mean it's pretty graphic too because right away in the very beginning of the movie they show how they like cut your chest or whatever and that's where they hook up it must be like some kind of artery out of your heart where they pump your blood out pump the embalming in well they do the same thing to him where they cut his chest and they hook up the tubes and they're literally pumping out his blood so and it's that black oily substance yep so i love i absolutely love 
where they went with this part here. I mean, hit him with the bar, pump his blood out. My biggest problem with this movie is after this, after they pump no. his blood out, no the alien and you see the alien well whatever the monster kind of deal is it was hokey the best adjective i could use is that it was hokey and i would have just preferred it to be done right when they pumped his blood out boom cut scene that's it the fucking part with the monster slash alien whatever i felt was hokey and i was i was a fucking monster I, I, I didn't like it. I, I liked it, and I thought it was a cool, like, cosmic ancient being that has been existing based off human, like, Frankenstein parts. And it finally decided, like, fuck it, man. Like, my wife's dead. The only thing I loved is dead, so fuck it. I'll just die, too. And then it's, to me, that ending was... I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm in the the minority here because both of you guys liked it. I just, I mean, maybe if they had a bigger budget, they could have done it a little bit better, but it kind of lost me because the whole strength of this movie was on the mystery of what the monster looked like. The, The cinematography was fantastic. All the scenes were panned out enough where you didn't get close ups. Therefore, the CGI didn't look bad and you were able to use practical effects when needed. But this right here, you're like, okay, this looks fake as hell. It's like CGI just doesn't work. I was honestly, I was a little bit disappointed. I, I, I would have rather seen it go a lot of different ways than the one it went. I disagree 100%. I fucking love that ending. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way, man. I I love the ending. I I love where it went. Um, I I I found it way from the moment on the the fish pond to where it eventually ended. I was just like, whoa! This movie was a constant roller coaster ride of I didn't even know, and it blew me away every step of the way. I'm I'm actually glad. I mean, I love it when we all disagree. Um, so I'm. Yeah, it, I'm glad you guys liked it. I didn't, but I mean, so that's how it ended. Basically, was um, he transformed into his monster, whatever self, and just kind of melted away, and and that was it. So yep, and then you get the final scene with the mom and the aunt and and, yep. and the son, and they're embalming Grant, <laughs> and it goes as. As planned. I mean, he, he's going to uh, – it looks like he's going to take over or continue on being a mortuary fucking, you know, mortician, and that's the film. Boom. All right. Well, I'm going to – we're, we're going to go double D first, then Tibu, and then I'm going to finish us off here uh, with a nice firm – Nice firm HJ. I mean, uh, uh, review Oof. score. So go ahead, oh, Double yeah. D. What do you got? Good. Eight, eight out of ten. It, it's kind of a slow burn, though. If you're not really into that kind of thing, then it's just a heads up. But it's worth the watch. And I, I think it keeps you guessing the whole time till the end, which is why I love the end. All right. Nice. What about yeah. you, Boop? 
I'm going to, I'm going to echo that. I mean, I didn't know what this movie was going to be. I didn't know where it was going to go. And from the moment dog Brown fucking stabbed that dude to the very end with the, the cosmic to me, cosmic being of, of unknown quantities. Um, this movie was a total surprise. Uh, I did not expect it. And the acting that I love the scenes between Christopher Lloyd and Max records. I think they're really fucking top notch. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say, yeah, eight, eight to, I'm going to say 8.5 out of 10, just to give it that extra. Come on, man. Like, yeah. Like five. All right. Yeah. Like come watch this movie. Like it, 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 it's the, Oh, those performances alone were really fucking good, man. Like, I was very, very happy with this movie. Fucking, fucking A. So I am actually, I, I love that you guys came in as high as you did. I, I really did because I, the first time I watched this movie, I was, I mean, right away, I knew that I was going to be biased because of the the nostalgia. I mean, the opening scene of like my downtown where I've been a thousand times and, and I mean, I, I was just sucked right in and I was like, I really like this movie and I watched it again and I was like, this is a really good movie. I had a couple problems with certain pacing. I will say that it is kind of a slow burn, but it's not, I, I, I don't know that I would use that exact term because I feel that when, if you go into this movie, not knowing anything, I don't think that you would necessarily call it a slow burn because the fact that you don't know what it's about. It's, it's, right. you see the title, I'm not a serial killer. So automatically you're thinking some kind of slasher or something. And I think it does yeah. enough here and there to keep you guessing like, okay, that, what was that in his arm? Was that some kind of sword or did he transform as well? The ending scene, I really didn't like the ending scene. Um, it didn't ruin the movie for me by any means, but I just felt that the movie would have been stronger overall had it just ended differently or just stopped after they drained his blood. Christopher Lloyd, Max Records, and then his mom, who I cannot help but, I mean, she was, as soon as I saw his mom, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Lydia in Breaking Bad in Better Call Saul. Uh, yeah. All of them. Yeah. Were, yeah. All of them were great. The the acting was phenomenal. I mean, when you get a low budget movie, typically there's something that really, really doesn't work, whether it's going to be the acting or a certain character or a character's motivation or development or dialogue. This movie I felt was pretty strong in every category and I really enjoyed it. And I'm coming in at a very strong, biased score of 8.75. And yes. I, I, I mean, this I, it really makes me happy because that you guys are as high as you are because it's like, am I being unrealistic here? But no, I mean, you guys like it too. So, um, no, I, dude, this movie's got potential to rise, yeah. by the way. This yeah. is a very good movie. Like, yeah. Uh, and it's Check. a movie nobody's ever heard of either. Like nobody no. has seen this or talked about, I mean, outside of like the hardcore horror fans kind of thing. Yeah. I, I thought I was one. <laughs> no. I never, <clears throat> excuse me. I never heard of this movie. Um, so yeah, this was a pleasant, 
surprise, a fresh watch, like a unique story. Uh, great acting. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking awesome movie, man. Nice. Um, anything either of you want to add before we wrap up our review of I Am Not a Serial Killer? Never trust Doc Brown if he's your neighbor. No. No, unless he's wrenching on a DeLorean, don't fucking trust him. <laughs> don't do it. Okay, we will be right back with our segment, Zombie Gem of the Week. mentioned before it is the zombie gem of the week as i had mentioned earlier we do have a special guest i'm a little bit nervous because we have the actual busy zombie lord so there's there's someone else vying for the title of biggest zombie nerd in the universe this guy may 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 uh, take the throne so lou page is the busy zombie lord lou how are you buddy um excited to be here you're making me nervous man it's a big title to have yeah i know i know it's like thanos and the avengers i mean who's gonna come out on top <laughs> kind of thing so hey I, I won't lie i i, I was in a i was in a meeting a couple weeks ago because the uh, university of pennsylvania 
is unveiling its uh, George Romero collection. And they, oh yes, yep. and, and and they did a private showing you had to sign up for, and I got to get to see some of the stuff they've got. They got some really cool stuff. But at the end, all of us in the chat now these are supposed to be film nerds who like are obsessed with George Romero. And at the end of the thing, there's like six of us being like, "What about Diamond Dead?" And they're like, "What's that?" We're like, oh. have you never read Fangoria? They did a whole segment on this movie. Romero was going to do a movie about rock stars that become zombies. And that the gimmick is they're dead. And, they're, and their manager is putting dead guys on stage to perform. <laughs> and, and they were like, we've never heard of this. And I'm like, it was a thing for like a decade. How can you guys not oh, know what this God. is? I would be I, all about a fucking rock and roll zombie film directed by George Romero for sure. Oh, it, it, it's funny. Speaking of Fangoria, I've I wanted to get in Fangoria, but man, they're like twenty bucks a, an issue. It's it's crazy. It's a specialty it, thing now. Yeah, though. I, I think I mean, it comes out quarterly or something. You still get Fangoria, Lou? No, I haven't subscribed in years, but that's yeah. mostly because of the price point. Right. Yeah. Well, they just came back and whatnot as well. So, okay. So Lou. You had the honors of picking a movie, and before we get started, I have a question for you, Lou. Are you ready? Sure. Hey, Lou, what do you get when you give the director of Bimbo Movie Bash and Craw Sea Monsters $150,000 budget in a script about a zombie coffin portal? You get this movie. <laughs> you damn right you do. What did you pick for us, fine sir? Uh, the Dead Hate the Living. Yes. Uh, it, 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 if you if you're into full moon pictures, you you know what you're in for because they are the lowest of low budget. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised because I mean, we've all seen the movie. Granted, a hundred fifty thousand dollar budget. I felt that they did quite a bit with that. To be honest with you, they, they did, and I'm always impressed by the fact that they got the guy that was in Big Fish as the giant, and yep. he's notoriously known for being like super tall i forget how high, tall he is he's like he's like seven five or something like yep. that and yeah. they get him in zombie makeup and wandering around and while he doesn't move fast he's definitely intimidating to look at yeah yep i just i the first thing i saw when i saw him i was like oh god there's tiny from from the yep. rob zombie movies yep yeah yep. that's matthew mcgrory yeah yep. no it was sad he he died at like 32 years old quite a few uh yeah he it was about three years after this film i believe yeah three or four. yeah yeah yeah, it was something with, because I think he had some kind of uh, physical or some kind of defect. Yeah, or whatnot, it, it's, a, it, it's a birth defect that made him that tall. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so The Dead Hate the Living is 2000. I saw it in 1999. It's a 2099 film, rated R. It's about 90 minutes, directed by Dave Parker. And yeah, I, I was trying to figure out, let's get some other movies this guy did. And, and I saw... It, it's, it, it's it's not it's not in a list of anything that like is really stand out. Right. Yeah, the ones that stand out made me laugh like a lot. His very first movie wasn't even a short, it was Bimbo Movie Bash. I just laughed. I was like, oh, this this is gonna be good. Um, and then Kra the Sea Monster. I believe he worked in the full moon in as like a like a uh, like a support role, and then sure. they were looking for something, and he threw them this script, and they said, "Yeah, Kurt, we'll give you a hundred thousand dollars to do this." There you go. Pretty aggressive shooting schedule. They filmed this whole movie in in just ten days. So. Yeah, I was gonna say it was. I, I I thought it was like just over a week. Yeah, yep, yeah, it's it pretty good. I always ask Tibu this. 
Uh, and if you don't know, you can chime in too. What do you guys think this got on the B, IMDb? It's a 4.5. That's, that's official? Nope. No. Oh. Well, yes. yeah. I, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna throw it out there that this, yeah, like in the four range. Uh, I'll go, I'll go a little bit lower. Four point three. Four point two, pretty close. Yeah. You yeah. guys both oh. busted though for doing um, uh, the prices Over. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Rotten Tomatoes. Give me a percentage. People are probably mean to this movie. I'll 12. give it like, yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah. I'll say twenty percent. Twenty-five. 25 all right yeah. from the comments you read about this movie i was expecting lower yeah really yep i i want i want to say well go ahead I'll, I'll, no no, I'll no you go ahead you go ahead uh well i'll i'll save it for when we talk about the film yeah okay well that yeah, was yeah. all i had until we started talking about it lou i was oh, gonna well, i was gonna no you <laughs> go ahead uh to me this is a zombie fans zombie movie it seemed like it, um it, it it is it's it's one of the things I both like about this movie and I both don't dislike about the movie, because he makes the script makes reference to actors like David Warbach, and David Warbach only acted in European zombie movies and they weren't even always zombie movies. He worked for a lot of Italian directors. If you didn't watch Italian horror, which, I mean, a it, lot of people it, don't. It, 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 it's a niche genre. I mean, that, I yeah, that's it. a better way to. Yeah. yeah it, 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 if you don't watch those, you have no idea who that is. So he's literally just kind of saying, hey, I know this uh, stuff about Italian zombie. And I find it kind of pretentious, but I can forgive it a little bit because the movie's okay. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of, I, I, I don't know if you'd say Easter eggs because some of it was on the nose too. But I mean, they, they had that Lucio Fulci. Gee, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The bumper uh, sticker. <laughs> well, yeah, the bumper sticker. They had the, the headstone. They, they even I, talked about it. I swear this movie gave Lucio Fulci's The Beyond some kind of boost. No shit. Because I, I bought this movie on DVD because I was desperate for something new and it wasn't at my local video store. And I found it in a, in a, 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 a at a, I think it was a Barnes and Noble. And I was like, well, it's only 10 bucks. It's in a bargain bin. I'll buy it. And I watched it and I was like, oh, this is good. But they keep making reference to Fulci and the beyond. And I'd seen Fulci movies, but I'm not a, I, he's not my, he's not my speed. Not my, yeah, not my cup of tea. And the, so the, those, yeah. those zombies in, in the beyond are, are no one's speed either. Those things move <laughs> slow as fucking molasses. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I had never seen the beyond and literally I went back to the same Barnes and Noble, like maybe a month or two later and on the shelf right where this one had been was the beyond and i was like well i guess i'm gonna have to buy this too and then i sat through it and i was like really this is the movie they keep making reference to this is kind of lame <laughs> really oh man i love the beyond oh no <laughs> it takes place in my home my home state i guess that might have something to do with it maybe not i don't know oh um, she's fucking love of eye gouging too oh god <laughs> yep uh, it's funny because speaking of the bargain bin, I, I would say I've got a pretty impressive zombie collection and I owe a lot of that two parts. Part one, student loans, wasting money. I, don't, I would say wasting, but you know, back in college, you get that check and boom. And the bargain bin at Walmart, 90% uh -huh. of my movies are, are, you know, the DVD bargain bin at Walmart like 15 years ago or whatever it was. <laughs> I had friends for years because zombie movies are my thing. 
And so they would constantly try to come up with movies that I at least had never heard of before. So I, every year for Christmas, I have a friend who buys me like a stack of zombie movies. And I'm always like, come on, dude, please don't. Your movies are getting really bad. Like, (laughs) like, like these are almost unwatchable. Please no. I'll be his friend. (laughs) Zombie movies. Well, it's funny. I I know my listeners or our listeners have heard the story a hundred times, but in college I had my zombie display our zombie collection on full display and we'd have some just mean keggers and our house was known as the zombie house. And if you, I mean, it, it was just back when Facebook was only college and we'd have parties on there and my buddy made the, the page and it was like, you know, my rack of zombie movies is it was hilarious. Everyone's like, Oh, you going to the kegger at the zombie house. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like my, my, you know, <laughs> makes my, me my, happy. Fi- my fixation with zombies goes almost all the way back to birth literally i'm not even exaggerating my mother left me alone in a high chair with mtv running and thriller they were, and they were running thriller <laughs> and literally my mother came in because i was screaming bloody murder and for years i for some reason the voice of vincent price gave me nightmares as a child <laughs> And then as I got older and I was maybe more about six or seven, I was like, can we watch the thriller video again? And my mother was like, oh, no, what have I done? (laughs) Yes, that's awesome. All right, well, let's get into the movie. Lou, why don't you tell us why you picked this movie? And and yeah, we'll just get into it. I picked this movie mostly because it's a weird title that nobody talks about. And whenever I bring up this movie, either people have seen it and they go, "Eh," or they go, what the hell is that? Oh, it's by Full Moon. That's got to be garbage. And I'm like, yeah, it's Full Moon. Of course, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my it's... my uh, co-host on my show, he he's on a Full Moon like kick, and he he loves the shit, man. So when I saw the, when I saw the uh, I didn't know anything about this movie going in. So when I saw the the uh, production company credit, I'm like, oh boy, strap myself in. And I knew the mindset to go into this film with, and um, I like I like the premise. I gotta say. I have yeah. not seen I have not seen one cut of the dead and I actually don't even know what the plot is other Good. than don't don't go, look go, it go. up. You have to go into that movie blind. Yes. I just know it's about making a movie. And this is what this film is. It's like once upon a time in Hollywood, but brought down to the full moon zombie fan level. I mean I mean, in all honesty, most of the stuff in this the acting isn't great, but it's not it, it it's on par with nineties TV. I like I like some of the characters in the film, especially the, uh, the special I, I, effects guy. My, my my plot my thought of this movie has always been that every actor is a knockoff of a real celebrity. Like the guy in the yellow pants that's the makeup artist, he reminds me of Dave Grohl. Yes, so that's exactly what I was thinking because I that's what I wrote down. I was like, it's the most air quote quote-unquote generic characters ever because i mean yeah you've got dave grohl you've got the stoner and then you've got the walmart special casper van dean it was it was hilarious and then the (laughs) and then the sisters are the same way there's the 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 middle sister yeah she reminds me of like a um what's her name Heather Graham, like 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 a younger Heather Graham and then the other sister reminds me of the chick that was in um uh, 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 what's that stupid sitcom? Mm. The Drew Carey Show. The Drew Carey oh, Show. Oh, yep. And they all look like knockoffs of actual Hollywood actors to the point where sometimes I'm like, 
that's right. Oh, no, that's not the right person. I have to think about this. Yeah. So we'll just give listeners a quick rundown. So IMDb says this movie is about when a renegade band of young filmmakers break into an abandoned (laughs) hospital to make their epic, their horror epic. They stumble upon a real dead body and decide to use it in their movie. They accidentally bring it to back to life, open a portal to a dead world that releases dozens of other zombies, then struggle for their lives in a desperate attempt to flee from the creatures who apparently have them helplessly trapped in the hospital. That's a pretty detailed and, and that's a that's a very detailed premise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the first time, the <laughs> first time I saw this, I thought when they found the body, I didn't realize they were going to open a portal to hell. I thought I was in for, um, have you ever seen uh, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things? I have not. Okay. If, it was years and years ago if I it, have. It's, it's a 70s uh, horror movie filmed by the guy who made Porky's. Yep. And it's like, he's, it's like one of his first films. And the whole premise is it takes place in Florida on the, in a swampland. And these kids find a, a book in a library and they are making fun of this book that's supposed to bring back the dead. And they cast this spell supposedly to bring back this dead body. The kid dug up from the nearby cemetery. And what ends up happening is the cemetery, all the zombies in the, all the dead in the cemetery come to life and show up except for the body that's in front of them. So they don't think anything's happening until the dead start knocking on the door. And I thought that was kind of where this was going to go the first time I saw it. And then, Totally, when the portal opens up, I was like, oh, we're not in for that. We're in for a, a, a Rob yep. Zombie knockoff trying to take over the world. <laughs> yeah. 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 Complete with Tiny Firefly uh, as yes. well, too. So I will say, though, so when you pick this movie title, I'm like, and I, I, I looked it up. I was like, oh, I recognize it. I've seen it. Two minutes in, I was like, I don't think I've seen this movie. And I got to tell you, that opening scene it it got me. I was like, what in the hell did the busy zombie Lord pick for us? Because there's like some weird BDSM zombie on zombie action here. And yeah. I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden you hear cut. And I'm like, Whoa, what the hell is going on? The, the, I, I, it, it's one of my favorite parts of this movie is you don't, you don't see very many horror movies that take place on the set of a horror movie. And it's kind mm-hmm. of an interesting place to see a horror movie in general. And the fact that, you see it on the, in this movie, and that scene is so long. Like, it's, it's, it's like five minutes, and you're like, yep. come on, come on. And the first time I saw, saw this, that, uh, literally that scene, I was like, okay, all right, this isn't really going yeah. anywhere. She's not getting naked, so let, let's see what else is going to happen here. Come on. And then he gets cut, and I went, all right, that, that was kind of obvious. <laughs> Yeah, I was so, I was waiting for that. I, to be honest with you, whenever he whenever he brought her over to the table and laid her down and started kissing her and blood's pouring out everywhere, I'm like, this is this is gonna turn into something else. This is yeah, and, I, yeah. and I was really waiting for the cut and it happened. I'm like, all right, okay, mm-hmm. I see where this movie's going now. See, I was like, I've seen so many of these, and just a quick side tangent. Get used to it, Lou. We, we do this quite a bit. I, I understand. Whenever I watch... So Tubi is probably the best for streaming shitty zombie movies that you've never seen and heard of. And I'll, I'll watch or I'll start a movie, I'll finish it, and then you know I'll run to use the bathroom or get a drink or something. And by the time I get back, there's already another one playing. So I've seen my fair share of just 
bad, bad zombie movies. So I, I was like full in on this. I was like, all right, well, it's going to be one of those movies. I, I had no idea. It got me by surprise and I'm kind of glad because I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. I was like, I would put it past him to do some weird zombie on zombie. My, my biggest knock with this movie is, is that the end of the movie and the, the big hype, there's a scene where he shoots somebody. There's a scene where somebody gets electrocuted and there's a scene where they do fire and all those digital effects are just bad. And I get it. They didn't have a budget. Right. But man, even for the day, those are that, that's that's what I because I've never seen this back in the day. I'm like, I want to know if people back in like 2000 were like, oh, that's killer fire. No, yeah, no. Even was... back in 2000, I saw this when it was brand new and I was like, oh, you didn't have a budget. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny because I was you kind of beat me to it. But right when we were talking about that scene and how it was kind of long and drawn out the biggest if i had a gripe or the biggest problem i had with this is there were quite a few scenes where i felt that i was like okay they, they're too long yeah too long and it's the movie is only 90 minutes so it, it you shouldn't have that type of problem in a 90 minute movie but yeah there is a few of those scenes where you know like that scene you said in the beginning there was that dialogue scene where uh the first time they were sitting in front of the lucio fulci uh, gravestone i mean there's a couple of those but but yeah I, I, the other scene I hate is I hate the scene at the convenience store in the oh. beginning with the girl. <laughs> I love that scene. Well, you know, the guy behind the counter is the director. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. it's the director. Yep. And then the guy standing next to him was like a PA on the set. Okay. And that guy is the guy that now directs the Sharknado movies. Whoa. No shit. Yeah. That's... You, Lou Page is bringing the heat here with some knowledge bombs. I thought I, I thought the guy behind the counter was like uh, Stephen King's kid or something. He looked kind of like yes, uh, Joe. I yes. thought Joe the Hill same thing. Yeah. The first yeah. time the, the first time I saw this, I thought the same thing. And then I actually I, since I have this on DVD, I've listened to the audio commentary. And the guy talks about how he hates being on camera and he didn't want to do that scene, but they didn't huh. have anybody else to do it. So I was like, oh, okay, that's why want- that's why that scene's awkward. The director doesn't like being on camera. Oh, okay. Well, he he seemed to be snarky. Like I thought, I thought he played it out like a snarky guy, pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was over the top and cheesy, but it was funny. I mean, it made me laugh. And she, yeah, I'm like dry condoms. I've never heard of dry condoms. I mean, maybe that was a thing back in '99 uh, they, or something. Well, but well, you know why they were getting them, right? Yo, yeah, it was all oh, yeah, special okay. effects stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I've got two kids out of wedlock, so I don't really know much about you know condoms anyway. So. <laughs> With the same mom, I'm still married to. So let's throw that out there. I <laughs> wanted to uh, touch on real quick the uh, the special effects that we're talking about. Um, <laughs> when when Tiny got shocked to death and uh, yeah. the, the the zombie barbecue began, I was watching it. And at this point in the film, I mean, this is way later in the movie. This is like right. the the final act. I was already into what they were all about. What what kind of movie this was. Yeah. And so for me, it just kind of hit home and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And, yeah. and in the year 2000, I think Hollow Man also came out and there's this huge fire explosion scene at the end. Yep. And yeah, fire could have definitely have looked better, but this is, you know, it's full yeah. moon. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's, it, it was, a, uh, what'd you say? It was 150,000. 150, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't even sure it, made, it was that much. Well, I tell you what, I mean, the... I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and be the armchair reviewer. Oh, yeah. It but always for, for the fire scene, like, I would have rather had a really panned out camera with a dummy 
and just throwing some fucking gas and some low lighting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, give me $10 and I would have made that scene 10 times better. But I mean, all you have to remember is that there's kids who remade uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark at 10 years old and lit a building on fire and, and made a real recreation of indiana jones when they were like 10 i've never heard of that that's oh that's it's, a, it's a it's a it's a it's a real thing uh no they filmed everything but one scene because they didn't have a budget for it and they got a kickstarter to actually as adults now finish the film that they put together uh, you it was, it was i forget what it's called but it, there was, it was a documentary on uh i on netflix for a while huh damn another thing i really liked about this was well yeah i mean so we can the characters we talked about them generic cheesy uh i love the as i call them the walmart special of casper yep. van Dien. uh this the i'm a huge fan of practical effects lou i gotta ask you have you seen the void the void is one of the ones that i have not seen but Ooh. only because either people really love it or they, or they yeah. really hate it yes and when i hear that I'm always afraid I'm going to find myself on the side of hating it. And yep. then people look at me funny. I love or hate that movie. And I'm not going to show my hand, but that I would say is at the, at the pinnacle of what you can do for amazing special effects on a shoestring budget. And, I, and that director's going on to do other things. And I think I yep. saw one of his other movies. Yeah. It's, it's Kostansky and, uh, ba someone else but i mean they, they got their up and coming from being special effects artists so yeah. i'm a huge fan of special effects i mean i absolutely i i do not like unless you absolutely need cgi but i mean we can go I'm, off on a side tangent and say dude look what fucking what's his nuts did with the star wars movies without cgi so yeah i've never been a fan of i mean cgi works in things like marvel movies because you need it to make Iron Man do all the things that Iron Man does. I don't think you could do right. that with with uh, a prop. Right. But but I feel like in horror it, you lose something with CGI. Yeah. Every time CGI is is in a movie, it, I feel like I can't watch. I hate. Uh, I, I mean, lots of people look at me funny when I say this. I hate. Uh, I am Legend. Um, I've heard you talk about it. Yes. I don't like I am Legend. I'd much rather watch Vincent Price as The Last Man on Earth, which is the same movie. We actually covered Omega Man. Have you, have yeah, you seen Omega uh, yeah. Man? That's, oh, yeah, I seen, like, that's a good movie, too. Yep. Uh, Omega Man, I believe, is more close to the book yep. than uh, the original. Yep. Yeah, I, was, I went and saw I Am Legend in theaters back when it came out, and um, – I was I, I liked the whole Will Smith alone by himself yep. thing. Anytime the zombies got involved or the vampires, what, uh, whatever they were, it was kind of like, eh. and then yeah, by the end, not not a fan of that movie. I'll show my fucking hand. The Void's amazing. Watch that shit. Yeah. Uh, if you guys say it is good, I will watch yeah. it. I, I, get, I, I go think ahead, it's Luke. on Netflix. It 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 was. I don't know if it still is, but yeah, it was. Um, not to get too far off topic, but no, I I know what you're saying because I am on the opposite end of the spectrum where I absolutely love I Am Legend, and another movie that I absolutely love that people hate is World War Z. <laughs> so I like World War Z for what it is. I don't yes. love it, 
I like it for what it is, but it's not something that I'm like, man, I hope they make a sequel. Yeah. And, and this is coming from a guy that Max Brooks zombies. I, I love his books and I, I can easily separate, you know, those type of things as well. But yeah, back to the dead hate the living, the, the practical effects were pretty good. And I would say overall, they were pretty good. I mean, yeah, I don't I, think I mean, there's any I, that were bad. I, would, I love, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go for it. I just, I loved uh, the uh, the guy that looked like whoever he keeps saying. Casper I, I Van Dien. The guy with the fucking <laughs> yep. skull makeup. Yep. Yep. Love, I love that shit. Yeah. Love it. Uh, the, my, my love of this movie or my appreciation of this movie comes from the, a lot of it's got to be nostalgia. Not it's not nostalgia. To, it's not nostalgia. But. No, it's nostalgia. But it's also the makeup jobs. I mean, before yep. we had, before we had The Walking Dead, which, by the way, they they as much as I talk about that show on my my podcast on a regular basis, and I shit all over it. Um, the special effects are always amazing. Those are uh, they always the zombies always look amazing. But for this movie's low budget, I don't know if I saw Tiny walking down the, the tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, walking down the hall, look in that makeup. I'd be scared, and I think it looks like a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Same no, with yeah. the other, same with the other guy who's got that weird face makeup. No, uh, Lou. I know you're gonna appreciate this. I called him Nemesis. He, yeah, he. I, I for, his. I forget what his actual title. Right. Is yeah. Because he because he and, had and, the and, and mouthpiece taken out. That actor was a minor league f- football player, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say he looked major league. He was yeah, jacked. He was, he was yeah. a big boy for sure. He was a big boy. Yeah, no, it was hilarious. I was like, because I made a note here. I'm like, um, uh, the second zombie out of well, the first zombie, the second person out of that coffin looked like Nemesis with that yep. face part ripped off. I was like, but he, I, I, I would, I'm, sh- I would bet money that they kind of copied or, or at least used oh, they, Nemesis gar- for inspiration. I, I guarantee it. Yeah. I mean, when did when did Resident Evil three come out? That had to have been like ninety eight, ninety nine, right yeah, before it, this movie it, came out. Well, not just that; uh, it would have been right around the time Resident Evil, the second movie, came out, where they had a nemesis in that movie. So they yeah, probably yeah. borrowed their inspiration right from that film. Yep. Although that movie's awful. Oh well, I I've got. I love the first one. I, I the first love one's the good. Film. The first am, one's good, but every movie afterwards. I am a sucker. Call it nostalgia, but I absolutely I love the Resident Evil movies. I, I, I remember them. sitting in the theater in the second Resident Evil movie, and they're talking about the virus coming out of the outbreak, and they're running through a cemetery, and I'm like, all right, well, we're going to have some zombies come up. And there's zombies that come up that aren't even zombies. They're like yep. skeletons. And I'm like, what is this crap? So... so <laughs> Not not to get off topic here, but I have to say that that is my least favorite of the series, yeah. and it's because it's 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 the only other one that wasn't directed by Paul W S Anderson. Yeah. So he directed the first one, then took a break. So. And, I mean, and that guy was the second unit director on one of the Mission Impossible movies, or something like that. Yeah. And that was why they gave him that movie. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that movie was so bad. They're like, okay, we're, uh, <laughs> yep, you're done. Paul, we'll get everyone, you back. everyone needs a break, man. And I would really fucking be pissed off if my break was Resident Evil Two. 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah, right? I, I saw the first one. I haven't seen any of the sequels, so I can't judge the uh, franchise. But that first movie did not do it for me. But, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, but but the others, uh, the, the, they, none of them are – I wouldn't say and they're – that they're all bad. Some of them are good, but they kind of have that Star Trek thing where if you watch the Star Trek movies, there's always a good one, then a bad one, and then a good one, and then a bad one, and then a good one, and then a bad uh. one. And those Resident Evil movies, it's like one is good, two is bad, three is kind of good, but goes in a weird direction. And then four is like, yeah, no, reboot. And then like five is ba- is is back on track with the third one it's like they didn't have a consistent story they wanted to tell yeah mm. i mean as far are as they, go ahead tibu aren't they getting a uh, like a reboot they are on? they are and uh, almost everybody that's been cast in the reboot i'm excited to see in the movie there it's all actors you've heard of and it, they're all cast in roles from the game and all the actors look like the characters that look from the game and i'm like wow this is kind of freaky are, are they finally going to start doing video game adaptations, right? Like that, Mortal Kombat looks fucking cool, man. It, yeah. It, it does. And But uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who was in Arrow that played the Arrow. And then oh, there's his, 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 his brother in, or cousin who's in the show. He's the kid that play, that's playing uh, Chris Redfield. He's also in the um, uh, 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 the slasher horror movie about the babysitter oh the babysitter yeah the, the, yeah. you know the buff kid that runs around without a oh, shirt to that whole movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's like chris 40 redfield. years old oh no he's shit. chris he's chris redfield okay. in this movie. i can i can get on that yeah nice yeah they're doing a they're doing a, a netflix series uh they're doing a uh, they, movie it's yeah it's crazy there's two Netflix series is coming. One is an animated movie, and then the other is mm-hmm. a live action movie about Wesker's kids. I'm like, whatever. I thought it was a series. Okay. It, the, 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 the series is the, about the kids. Then the movie is the animated thing. I think I might. I think I had it backwards. But the Wesker series about his kids. I was like, I guess I'll take it. It's more Resident Evil, and yep. Capcom's Capcom's throwing money at this project, and so is Netflix. Netflix rarely lets me down, so I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, we're we're way off tra- topic here, but I just in November I got rid of DirecTV and I started streaming, and and I have to say that I mean, Shutter is my favorite, bar down. Yeah, bar down. I always say bar down. It's a hockey term, but. I haven't paid for cable <laughs> since I was like 22 years old oh, and I'm almost 40. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge hockey fan and football, so I, I do it for sports. But I, I do agree. Netflix is – Netflix kills it with their shit, their, their content. and um, Even if it's something you don't like. Or series or whatever, even, yeah. Even if it's a series you don't like, you can at least appreciate the quality of what they gave you. Yeah. Uh, so back to the movie – I mean, let's get into our final thoughts and ratings. Why don't uh, uh, you know what, uh, busy zombie lord? Do you want to go first or last? It's this is your. I'll go, your I'll go last. I'll go okay. last. Okay, good. Tibu, won't you uh, start us off then, buddy? All right. Um, didn't know what what to expect, and I can be. Um, I mean, some of my favorite horror films can be, well, even horror adjacent, but uh you know, some of the more moody or art house type horror films, but I also have a deep love for schlock and amateurs who are really giving it their all. 
That's why The Evil Dead is my favorite horror film of all time. I think it's a combination of both amazing craftsmanship, but also you can tell it's raw as fuck. Um, This movie's raw, and I think it's got a lot of love for the horror genre, and I had fun watching it. I had fun with the premise. I had fun with some of the characters. Some of them were, you know, some of the scenes dragged. I'm not going to lie. But overall, I had fun. I've got a little love for this. I would give this a 7 out of 10 for a horror fan and be like, hey, check this shit out. And I'm not a big zombie guy. Um, Boss Tuna knows this and and the the listeners know this. I'm not nearly as big a zombie fan as you guys. I do say, however, though, that even though the zombie subgenre is not my favorite, it has some of the best horror films in it. This preach, one, this one, preach. I, well, this one I wouldn't put up there in that pantheon, no. <laughs> but, but I, but I will say it's, this is a turn your brain off. It's a full moon movie. I mean, what do you want? Yeah. Okay. I'll go next and we'll let the busy zombie Lord carry us home. So my pros, my likes, some of the characters, most of the characters I, I like, you know, there is a bit of a dichotomy with, you know, the bitchy sister, the nice sister. There was that little, you know, sprinkle of, of love, you know, between a couple of the characters, the sound effect or the, the special effects guy and whatnot. I like the special effects, the practical effects on it. The biggest problem I had, and it was a bit of a problem and it kind of pissed me off because is just the pacing of it. There is a couple of scenes, a couple of dialogue scenes. I'm sitting there. I'm like, you're not quitting fucking Tarantino. Just, you know, <laughs> cut mm-hmm. this shit out. Give me more, give me more kills or blood or whatever. They try to put too much backstory into it. Overall. I liked it. This, I was telling, um, uh, the busy zombie Lord earlier that yes, this is exactly what I look for in a gem, uh, for the zombie gem of the week. So I'm coming in at a six and a half actually. So pretty close to what Tibu is. I, I, I liked it. I got to say, I think we're all on the same ba- uh, same page because I was going to say about a six and a half. Um, I, I, I have nostalgic reasons why I like this movie. Again, I, I, like I said, I found this movie on pure happenstance looking for the next like schlocky thing to watch. And I ended up really enjoying it. Um, I particularly am not a huge fan of Full Moon. I find I like like one out of every like six movies they make. And so when they hit it out of the park for me, it becomes a movie that I really like. Like I believe they did Castle Freak. And I, I would put this in the vein with Castle Freak, even though I like Jeffrey Combs way more than I like this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Castle Freak, I, I think Tibu is a big fan of that one. I, I like have, the original, but the remake, the remake was, uh, I mean, I, have I loved not it, seen, man. I haven't seen the remake yet. As I know, it's really, really new. Yeah, well, yeah. It, was, it was last year's movie. So. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so the busy zombie lore comes in at a six and a half, as well as yours truly, Boss Tuna. Tibu is coming in at a seven, and that is The Dead Hate the Living. We're going to take a quick break, and we are going to come back with a little fun game for the busy zombie lord, and then obviously we are going to make him run the gauntlet. Talk is cheap, motherfucker! Okay, we are back. I had to refresh a beer, and I had to turn the heat down. The last time we did this T-Boo, if you remember, is in the middle of that, what do they call it, polar vortex or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like 15 below. <laughs> I was freezing my nuggets off, so I came in, got the heat in the garage ripping, and 
I don't know if you guys can see me on camera, but I started stripping down. I was sweating like a nun at a cucumber farm. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am in a basement with no heat, so I, I feel for you. I have, yeah. a space, I have a space heater running right now. I, I hope go. the camera doesn't pick it up. Okay, so Tibu had a little something planned. I'm not exactly sure what it is, so I am just going to... Well, yeah. when I had the opportunity to have two zombie let's just call them nerds all right because look being a nerd now is cool i was mm -hmm. a nerd in school and it wasn't cool back then but now it's cool as fuck and i'm still a fucking nerd god damn it and i want to know because i like learning things who is the biggest zombie <clears throat> novice fan because what, what i'm gonna Ooh. do here is i'm gonna ask some novice questions about zombie movies i've already got learnt okay it, during this segment I know Boss Tuna knows his shit, and I know now that Lou knows his shit. So <laughs> I've got a few Thank questions. You, sir. Oh, no, dude. I, well, I was listening to um, a Zombie Ate My Podcast, and um, yeah, you guys, you, you and your co host, I forget his name at the moment. Ryan, is it Ryan? R Ryan, yeah. Yeah, okay. You and Ryan are, uh, y'all are fun. Everybody, go check out Zombie Ate My Podcast. We'll plug it in a minute. But um, I've, got I've got a few questions. I'm going to ping pong off you guys, okay? Mm -hmm. So. I'll just ask this one first, and it'll be for you, Lou. Sure. Which, which film takes place in the UK after a virus spreads from an animal testing facility? Uh, it would either be 28 days later or 28 weeks later because they both take place in the UK at the same time. It's 28 days later. So, yeah. Lou, yeah. you've got that one. Right. Like I said, these are novice zombie questions I, if i get one if i fuck this up i'm coming after you man put me <laughs> on the spot <laughs> all right I, all right I, I picked lou first for a reason no yeah. no, no no i picked it random okay in the original night of the living dead where did johnny drive his sister uh they went to a cemetery correct see yeah all right okay they're coming and to that get you barbara Oh, that's, dude, one of the best openings of all time right there. Um, okay, Lou, sure. what is the name of the black and white classic starring Bela Lugosi set in Haiti and is widely considered to be the first zombie film? I want to say it's White Zombie. Ding, 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 ding. You are yeah. correct, sir. All right. Good work, good work. Boss. We got this one right here for you. Which special effects guru? Tom Savini. Am I, supposed to let you, am I supposed to let you finish like Jeopardy? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I can finish a question. What special effects guru played a biker, a biker in Dawn of the Dead? Yeah. yeah. Or, or I believe he played a biker in the Titty Twister too. Yeah, he did. He yeah. did. He did. But no, it was that was the that was the question because that's a vampire movie. This one's a zombie. Mm -hmm. So okay, you guys are you guys are fucking nailing these, man. I, I'm loving this. All right, and I expected nothing less. By the way, <laughs> all right, Lou, how did the zombies get inside the city in Land of the Dead? Oh, crap, I haven't seen that movie in a while. <gasps> oh, oh, <laughs> uh oh. How you might you, you might have stumped me because Land of the Dead is not my favorite, and I've only seen it a, a handful of times. Oh, I love it! Is Boss it Fiddler's Green? It's, it's no, Fiddler's Green. No, hold on, it's, I know I'll, it's Fiddler's. I know it's Fiddler's Green. Yep. And I know I just can't remember how they get inside Fiddler's Green. I 
I, I know the answer, but I'm going to cross the They cross the river because they swim through the river. Yes. But I can't, but I can't remember if that's no, how they that's got it. inside. Or not. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, I, Big Daddy I, leads them under the river. Under the water, yeah. Yep, he leads them yep. under the thing, and he, he uses a gun. And it, it, yep. that, that was, uh, yeah. Okay, yep. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Yes, they walk underwater. They, they, there's a cool shot I, of them walking along the fucking uh, yep. Yeah, they, the they walk across the, the water. But you were saying how they get there, and I'm thinking to myself, how'd they get inside the building? Specifically no, inside they, Fiddler's there, <laughs> there was like an underground parking garage. Thing. garage Remember, and that's, there's, and yeah. they, that's where they killed John Leguizamo. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. Yep. Yep. That, that, that's later in the movie, but yeah, they went through like some underground deal or something. Yeah. Okay. Fucking a. All right. Well, so you guys, y'all, you, <laughs> I think this is coming down to it here. Okay. Boss tuna. We're back at you. So this is your pressure's, last question. Pressure's on buddy. Lou got all three of his, right? This is your third one. And then I got one for both of y'all at the end. You have to answer at the same time. Okay. Okay. So 10 inches. All right. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Uva Bowl directed a less than stellar video game adaptation of it's which Uwe Bowl and it's game? House of the Dead. And that might be that might be one of the worst. Hey, that might bad. be one of the worst. Yeah. Have you ever seen the documentary they made to go along with the DVD of that film? I it's own like a, the DVD, it, but I is it like on the special it's like, features? It's only on the special features, and it's only like ten minutes. Oh, and most okay. of, and most of it is him being interviewed by somebody on set, and him going, "I wanted to make an action movie," and they said, "I have to make this crappy zombie movie." So I keep <laughs> making what I want to make. They didn't deal with it, and I'm like, "This is why your movies are crap." You know, the sad thing is, is I think I own pretty much all of his movies he's made because he also did uh is it are you afraid of the dark or something the uh, one the, with uh, christian slater, slater and, yep the, and which is terry yes oh god yep uh, uh, you have to thank that man's career on the german government because he <laughs> yes. literally was exploiting laws to make oh, movies man. yeah no, so, travis i'm sorry or tibu i'm sorry i uh interrupted you there but yeah that was that was okay well no for. you is that correct both, yeah, it is. And both of you got all your novice zombie questions right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the last question, then I'm going to propose something. Okay? okay. So don't answer right away. So ask right. it, and you're going to propose? No, no, no. I'm going to ask. And at the end of me asking, you guys both answer. I think y'all are both going to know this one. Okay. I, in fact, I know y'all are both going to know this one. Who okay. is the star of the upcoming HBO series, The Last of Us? Oh. Uh, uh, what the, Pedro, the scorpion, uh, the, the, the scorpion from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, he's also the Mandalorian. Yep. Yeah. He. Yeah. I, I've never Pe seen the Mandalorian. Pedro, but he's, uh, Pedro Pascal. Pas Pascal. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I knew both you guys would know this, and here's my proposition. Since Lou has agreed to be on Zombie Gym of the Week in the coming future, how about this? Every Zombie Gym of the Week, I come at you guys with some more harder zombie questions. I like that? it. I, I, I'm down for that. Yeah? Nice. Some good zombie trivia, some zombie fun. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys for participating. Um, I really well had fun with that. It's good. It was, it was a good little warm-up for everything. So, early I guess... On, early on in my show, one of my co-hosts at the time 
would do this to me about every third episode. And for a while, it was really dread. I had like every question right. And then eventually he was starting to get into stuff that even was questioned. He was questioning. He was like, yeah, I can't do this segment anymore because if I do stump you now, I'm going to be mad. And I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's throwing down the gauntlet right there. Uh Uh-huh. The gauntlet. So I guess as of now, Boss Tuna and the Busy Zombie Lord are floating around the multiverse both carrying <laughs> and wearing the crowns. Yeah. So right now you guys are both zombie, the zombie kings right now. <laughs> yes. I'll take it. Okay. I bet you guys thought that this was the end of Zombie Gem of the Week. But there's some of you out there that were just screaming, and I can hear it. I can hear you guys yelling into your earbuds, yelling into your, your speakers in your car. I just hear it say, make Lou run the gauntlet. Don't forget the gauntlet. Well, let me tell you, I have not forgotten the gauntlet. And I even have a couple of bonus questions oh that boy. are going to be particularly tailored to the busy zombie lord. Okay, busy zombie lord, you are about to run the gauntlet. This is going to be a shotgun fire quick answer questionnaire for you. There's gonna I, be, I will answer as fast as I can. There are going to be about 30 questions. You don't think about it. You say what it is off the top of your head. And if you laugh, you lose. Okay. And if I laugh, I'm kicked off the show. Okay. So there's a lot of pressure on me here. Lou Page, Busy Zombie Lord, are you ready to run the gauntlet? As ready as I'm going to be, sir. Pizza or burgers? Burgers. Beer or liquor? Liquor. Hockey, football, baseball, or basketball? Hockey. Ass or titties? Titties. Stand or sit when you wipe? Sit. Homebody or out with friends? Homebody. Fishing or hunting? Fishing. Cannibal Holocaust or a Serbian film? A Serbian film. (laughs) We we both lost. Rather go blind or rather go deaf? Deaf. Top half of Hulk Hogan and bottom half of Margot Robbie or... Bottom half of Hulk Hogan and top half of Margot Robbie. <laughs> the second one. Penis-sized nipples or nipple-sized penis? <laughs> Penis-sized nipples. Rock or country? Rock. Cats or dogs? Cats. Doggy or missionary? Missionary. Freddy, Jason, Michael, or Leatherface? Jason. Slasher, zombie, supernatural, or creature feature? Zombie. As predicted. Chucky or leprechaun? <laughs> Chucky or leprechaun? Uh, Chucky. John Carpenter or Wes Craven? John Carpenter. Ari Aster or Jordan Peele? Jordan Peele. 90s or 2000s horror? 2000s. Hills Have Eyes original or the remake original yeah shame yes yes slow burns or to the point uh to the point first horror movie you ever remember seeing does robocop count if you're a kid it sure does i was i was four or five (laughs) favorite horror movie of all time that's not an easy question. I'll go with the standby. I'll say Evil Dead 2. 
Nice. And now a couple quick tailored to busy zombie lord questions. Favorite zombie movie of all time? It's a tie for Dawn of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead remake. Nice. Nice. Favorite Resident Evil video game? Uh, four. Ooh, okay. Whoa. That's a, I love it. I love it. And lastly, favorite uh, Resident Evil uh, movie? The first one. Perfect. And then one more bonus bonus. Overall favorite zombie video game? Resident Evil 4. Nice. And that loop page is the gauntlet. You win. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I couldn't help but laugh because a couple of those were just – I wasn't expecting where they went. Well, y'all both <laughs> laughed simultaneously, which cancels out the, uh, right, the yeah. consequences. <laughs> yep. so. I don't think I've gotten through this without laughing, and I've done it quite a few times. So. <laughs> yeah, and I can't lose Boss Tuna because he made this show. <laughs> we did a Joe Blow horror show without Boss Tuna. <laughs> oh. Okay, so this has been the Zombie Jam of the Week with special guest, Lou Page, the Busy Zombie Lord. Lou, tell us your podcast that you are on. Tell us where our listeners can look you up and find you and go, go from there. All right, the easiest place to find me is I am on all social media under the name Busy Zombie Lord. I have been for over 20 years. Um, and uh, my show is Zombies Ain't My Podcast. You can find it on Anywhere you can get your podcast from. Yeah, I found it super easy, and I use Podcast Republic, which is not a bigger podcast app. But, I, yeah, I found it right the hell away. And, and check them out. Uh, Lou and Ryan have good chemistry, and I only listened to one episode. It was the newest, but I can – you know, you guys have the, the swing of things. I, I listened to your uh, Planet Terror episode. Um, where you you talk about the movie, not the commentary track. Yeah, the, the commentary track's the prior episode. So right, yeah, everyone check them out, man. It's fucking good shit. Yes, check out Zombies Ate My Podcast. Great stuff. Start from the beginning. It's hilarious. No, yeah. please don't start from the beginning. <laughs> I, I knew I was waiting for that. I knew it. Everybody should, starts. Everybody starts from the beginning, and we you always should go, always. No. You <laughs> should always start from the beginning. You miss so many good jokes and and insights. Yeah. I'm going to be going back. So um, All I got to say is fire extinguisher nunchucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't okay. wait to find out what that means. Yep. When, when you do, it becomes a running joke for about 100 episodes. Nice, yes. nice. Because yes. Cosmicism is a running joke on my shit. So, um, man, hey, yeah, uh, lead us out, Boss Tuna. But hey, but, hey, Lou, man, thanks for coming on the show. Anytime. Yes, we thank you, Lou, and listeners, be ready. The Busy Zombie Lord will make an appearance to figure out who is going to be the top of the throne. All right, guys, <laughs> thanks for listening. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed that segment with The Busy Zombie Lord. It was a fun movie. It was fun. Um, I had a lot of fun, especially with the gauntlet. Fuck yeah. And... That brings us to the end of this week's show. We will get into what to expect next time. So obviously we teased you guys before that we are going to be revamping the format, the episode numbers. Uh, stay tuned. We'll get into details about uh, the brand new Joe Blow horror show 
when we come back next episode. Um, even though everything's going to be a lot different, we still are going to bring you an older movie, a newer movie, a discussion and a topic, but we'll, we'll explain kind of the details of how that's going to play out next. Let's get into the movies for next week. So Boss Tuna has the old movie. Tibu has the new movie. My movie that we will be talking about next week is titled The Stuff from 1985. Have you guys heard of it? No. Ooh. I've been with you, Tibu. Nope. He's a youngin. I was a wee lad, but I was alive. Tibu, have you heard of The Stuff? Oh, hell yeah. I've seen it. I know what the stuff's all about, and I'm excited to talk about this movie. Nice. Very nice. Well, what do you have for our new movie? Much like our uh, zombie gem of the week from the year 2000, I have The Cell. Ooh. Vincent D'Onofrio, Jennifer Lopez. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah. The cell. All right. The discussion topic is coming from yours truly. And this is one. Well, I'm just going to get into it. I want to know what draws or connects you to a horror movie. Um, do you have certain styles or preferences? What really draws you in? That is the discussion topic. The segment. Tibu. Well, the segment is off. Oh, what? <laughs> off the hinges, uh, on the fringes. <laughs> it's horror movies or horror adjacent films. I want to bring to light movies that I think are worthy of the debate to be on the horror pantheon. You know, like what is horror? What's not horror? Let's let's find out, and we'll talk it out. Nice. Um, should I announce what I think the first movie should be? Yes. So that we debate. Yep. Give our movie. We'll watch it, and we'll come in with an argument of whether it is or isn't horror. Uh, next episode. So, what do you got, Tibu? Okay. So for the first segment, I I have a movie that I think we'll both agree on, but I will present on my own counter arguments to my own argument because okay. it's so debated in the horror community, but this is a movie that will give us a good baseline for this segment. Sure. And that is, that is silence of the lambs. Okay. Oh. So we'll talk about that movie and, and see where it lands for us. Um, I assume we're both in the horror camp, but I don't know that. I don't know that. So we'll find out on that episode double d do you have anything you want to add before we wrap this bitch up no i do not tibu what do you have to add or leave our listeners with look guys gals gents ladies kids or kids listening to this i don't know be nice to each other. That's the fucking message, man. Oh, man, you have me on the fucking... I know, I know, I know. I know. That's it. All right. <laughs> he, hate, 
<laughs> onward and be nice. <laughs> nice. And keep in mind, if That's anybody right. asks you if you're into docking, I'm sure they're wearing a captain's hat. <laughs> and with that, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom. Boom.